Comedy LOL Podcast Network. I've been looking forward to it, but no, I haven't. Yeah, I've been wanting to do it for a while, but I've been just, I don't know, super busy. And then all this craziness happened. Then we got invaded. That's what I feel like. Watch out for Corona. It's I feel like we got you. invaded. Um, the next one's going to be Heineken, the virus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what they're talking about already, <laughs> right? That's what I'm kind of worried about. I'm kind of worried that this is going to be the new normal. And now, like, anytime something's going on, they're going to say, oh, shelter in place for two weeks. Half your year is dead. You're not going to do anything for another six months. You were just talking to me about, uh, you know, they were uh, in China, they were um, starting to... Oh, how they roll out new things. Okay, so one of the things that I heard about in China that was really scary was that they were starting to, when they would find somebody that was uh, positive for coronavirus, apparently, these are the stories, that they would check their cell phone history and then check other people who... (laughs) <laughs> other people who were around them so okay so that gets scary right but you know what yeah. else is scary i just saw an article where now the u.s wants to be able to do that they're starting to you know and and the thing is okay so you, you already know i mean you could already look this up that they do this anyway they already right. look at people and what they do is they'll just construct a parallel case so if they if you're on your phone talking all day about you know uh being a terrorist or whatever or say let's just say it's like selling heroin right you want to you want to sell 25 I don't know, pounds or whatever it is, a crazy amount of heroin, and you keep talking about it, and the feds are watching you. So they'll tell a local cop to pull you over. They pull you over with all that stuff, yeah. and then they just tell the local cop to build a uh, parallel case alongside because they can't say they got the tip from the DEA agent who was on your phone. Well, you can always be an anonymous tip or, you know. Yes. Once again, once you start dealing with certain le- certain amounts of drugs being in the weed industry, I found this out. Once you steal, start dealing with a certain quantity at a time, you start dealing with people that are working for both sides. Yes. They'll sell you the drugs, <laughs> yeah. but then in the same time, they're going to tell their buddy who's a police officer to pull you over. So now you only owe them half the money. You don't owe them all of it. Mm-hmm. But you know what? You don't have any product to go move. So you got to go buy more product from this guy who just told his friend to pull you over. So you can, it's called a mafia. I don't believe it. I don't believe there's a mafia in America at all. But this is how they operate. If they if they were yes, in America, yeah. this is exactly how they operate. Now I argue that's exactly how the FBI and CIA work on some levels. I don't think now now not everybody that's in those organizations is like that. But there's plenty of proof that there are right. people, oh, and yeah. they also set up people that are terrorists. They'll befriend people that they find online, and then they talk them into like bringing a fake bomb somewhere, and then they arrest them for being yeah, a terrorist. It's clandestine operations. It's a necessity <laughs> for America for security. 
in America. Well, the, or so they would have us yeah, believe. Exactly. You know, yeah. I, I know I say some things that may sound out there, and I'm not saying them because I believe in them. I'm saying them because I like to make a farce of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know, because I don't think that uh, clandestine operations are one, or at least the level of clandestine operation we work with in America is completely necessary. I think that uh, a little more <laughs> open uh, book policy would probably help us yeah. out a little bit better. That would be great, and that's the thing. And most people don't even realize what's going on. So to bring it back to what's going on in China – so they already do that here. They, they already have the power to do it if they want. Um, but now they want to be able to do it legally out in the open where they could just say it. And then we, uh, before we got started, everyone who's listening, we were also talking about the divide among people right now that's going on. So just imagine that. You add that divide to that, and then you'll have people on one side screaming for the other people to be thrown in cages and then they're oh, just going to start yeah. self-governing themselves. That whole it's going to be like the rec- Soviet Union. The whole facial recognition software – uh, <laughs> I'm a little guilty. I, I own a little bit of this company called Tencent, um, Tencent Technologies. It's the company that came up with the facial recognition in, in, in China. It's considered the Facebook of China. In California, they just knocked a bill out, I think last year, that was trying to introduce facial recognition technology towards their infrastructure, in their infrastructure. In China, this is already operating. It's part of what happened in Hong Kong. They had this stuff installed all throughout Hong Kong, so they were saying, hey, if there's inter- any internet interstate or within China criminals coming into Hong Kong, you let us know who they are, and we'll be able to take care of them for you. Well, they didn't, none of them. I mean, that's part of what happened over there outside of the fact that nobody wants to be prosecuted outside of their own areas. You know, you don't want a judge who's n- not familiar with current climates in certain areas to prosecute oh, yeah. you, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, but... In America, if we go through, going with what you said, if you go through with facial recognition technology and watching the phones and seeing, because I think what you're getting at was you and I are sitting next to each other. If indeed somehow, some way, they figure out that you have coronavirus, all of a sudden they're going to find out that I was sitting next to you sometime. I think that might be going a little beyond and above where this technology of course it's never intended for these uses. yes yes you know, but exactly but <laughs> well well or is it <laughs> you know good I mean? point you know uh, I, I don't <laughs> i don't think that we could possibly in america we have a coronavirus this covid19 or whatever it is what was it two years ago we had uh, ebola or avian flu then the bird uh, flu, h1n1 or something yeah, yeah they, there's always something sars mars yeah Mad cow disease, MERS. It's all the same. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's I don't think we ever one. had a bowl, though. That was that's the terrible one. But that is also it, there's interesting information on that too. But keep going though. And I've been reading about the Spanish flu, possibly. Once again, I don't think any of these things are quite as dangerous as. I, 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 let me rephrase that. All these things are dangerous to people who are immunocompromised. Old people, young people. Middle-of-the-road people like you and I who are out here killing it, we're doing our thing in life, living life, I think that if we come, if we are infected with this virus, we will probably turn out just fine. Just a runny nose, like they're saying, a cough, and we'll move on to the next thing. My biggest fear is not this virus. My biggest fear is, like you were mentioning earlier, society's response. People are locking them. They're not even, there is no true threat other than fear. Fear is the opposite of logic. So if you look at the fear, there is no reason for these people to be locking themselves up. I'm looking out a window right now, and there's three people walking down the road right there. They don't look afraid. I'm sitting right next to you. I'm not 
Yeah, afraid. but we are 12 feet away just for any feds that are listening. We do yeah, have a, no, a wall I've washed my hands yeah. before, you know, you know, everything's <laughs> been wiped down with sanitary wipes and there's been an ozone generator running in the corner for days. There's a member of the CDC here actually watching us to make yeah, sure we yeah, no, so thanks no Fred. No personal right. contact. No personal contact. Nobody's shaking hands. You know, <laughs> the funniest thing that I seen was the uh did you see the guy he gets out of the van they they kick each other's feet to shake hands. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I watched that. And I was like, hey, well, that's where we're going. Yeah, yeah. That, I like that's funny because I think that people are ingenuitous or, and they'll figure out ways around this. But I yeah. just get scared because you and I are old enough to see the change that happened after 9-11. And, um, you know, let's not get into that subject. But if you look at it, you could easily say that it was either some BS or people probably let it happen. And then even if not that, look at what has happened since then. All the wars we're in that we shouldn't be in, all the uh, changes, the TSA, for example. I mean, I fly, I hate the TSA. And those machines that they had, they were, like, giving people cancer and stuff. Like, I was really? opting out of them for a while. Yeah, they have different ones now, but it was terrible. And and, and uh, I don't want to go too crazy, but, like, the person who made these machines had, like, a, a relative who was, like, a congressman or something. So that's why, you know, it was, like, a deal. Uh, yeah, of course. So contractor cronies, we're in Connecticut right now, and uh, one of our biggest fights that we have going is these tolls. You know, unfortunately enough, our governor, Ned Lamont, dropped the subject last year, but he has no interest in putting up tolls. Contractors who are going to earn a lot of money have an interest in installing tolls. Yeah. And they've con they've convinced whoever the last governor was, Malloy or Malloy, Malloy yeah. and they convinced this guy that they are going to give them a bunch of money to put in these tolls. Luckily, he says no more tolls, but he's, he, they just introduced some crazy bill in Connecticut that basically the Democrats are crying and, you know, stomping and putting their open arms. The Republicans are, you know, they're freaking out. Everybody's just not having a good time up there because it's crazy. What's it about? <laughs> uh, what's the main beef, you think? I don't really pay attention to so state too much unless it's right like now. They uh, without tolls, there has been a hole in the transportation budget. This magical hole has appeared in the transportation budget since we've been discussing tolls. <laughs> so they need to fill this hole somehow. I so got now, something they could fill it with. Yeah, same here. I mean, I, listen, I, you've, no, you, I you've been following me long enough. You oh, know, yeah, I'm all about reducing expenses. Yeah, you know, yeah. There's no reason we should have a $3.1 million budget for lobster dinners. In, in Connecticut, that just seems a bit excessive, and that that's just one thing that they let us know about. Mm. How many other, you know, how many? Mm. <laughs> that well, that's the other thing. Yeah, you can. It just goes. It goes. It's endless because so many people. Not only are they getting not their friends or whoever to get these jobs, but they're overcharging for them. You know, the government always pays top dollar for everything, and then there's real really no competition, and so they know they don't have to do a good job. Yeah, it's just terrible. You could we could talk all day yeah. about how crazy contractor it is. cronies and yeah. You know, my, but well, uh, just to put the nail in the coffin, in uh, Guilford, we have a uh, state representative, Sean Scanlon, who I, I don't follow the guy. I don't know about his politics, so I can't say much about that. But what I do realize, what I do know is he was just uh, appointed to the board of directors for Tweed New Haven Airport. And I can only imagine that he would never have gotten that position if he had not been a politician. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. I mean, we all went to school with the guy, and he wasn't brightest um you know it's a funny thing about growing up in small towns yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. you learn who people are you become friends with people the, the you know as you know i've always been smoking weed so we i've smoked <laughs> weed with a lot of these people and you learn okay well don't yell at me because i'll tell your kids what you've been up to yeah, yeah, exactly <laughs> right you got the dirt yeah <laughs> but 
coronavirus is uh, not the threat I think it is, but more importantly, I think that the threat that exists within the divide of society, like you just mentioned, I have somebody on my Facebook, <laughs> we're all doing this Facebook thing, he took a picture, he was up at Sleepy Giant, going for a hike, took a picture, there's a bunch of people, there are more people yelling at the people he took pictures of, these people are stupid, don't they know, the longer they're out, da, 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 da. and here I am thinking, well, when I was a kid, the front line against illness was going outside. Your mother was like, you know, get outside, go get fresh air, move around. Get the sun. Get it, some yeah, sun that kills the virus, son. Makes sense. Get your blood flowing, yeah. you know. Get this stuff moving so you're not just stagnant, you know. And uh, Society is taking a weird turn right now. And uh, in all of my 45 years, I never, ever would have imagined we'd we'd be where we are right now today. Yeah, it, it's crazy. Um, before I respond, I just want to say to anyone who's listening to this, I'm going to put some links in the show notes to this show where one of, there's like this one German virologist. She's this expert, really old lady, even like probably at risk, you would think. But she's telling people that all these measures are ridiculous. You know, she's like, you have to get outside. You have to get sun. It's okay to let her. I'll let you guys read the article for yourself, but she makes some great points. There's other studies going on that what's going on in, uh, I'm sorry, about what's going on in Italy. And everything is really, looks like everyone else had like prior uh, sicknesses or prior um, conditions or whatever. So there's a lot, of, and they're giving people antiviral drugs in Italy that they're not really telling people about. That's also shady because it, it hurts people, heart conditions. But anyway, just so you know, these people, they, a lot of people think that they know it all. And I just want to bring back to my personal experience because I used to be one of these people who thought they knew it all. And, uh, you know, you couldn't tell me anything and I really didn't want to look at the truth. And what I had to do was I had to, to look honestly at myself and see the lies I was telling myself before I could see the lies that were out there. And once I was able to do that, it's, it's a lot easier now for me to actually look for truth instead of pick a side and uh, look for facts that match what I want. Now, there's so much information going on around about this coronavirus or whatever's going on out there that there's no way anybody knows exactly what's going on. So people that say they know what's going on, first of all, like you're not. Some people will say it's natural. Some people say it's uh, a bioweapon, and they'll just fight all day. But what I say is, what if it's both? What if there's two? What if there's one that's natural, one that's a bioweapon? You know, these are um, all different things. But I'm just saying, people really, really need to realize that they don't know what's going on. Just because somebody you follow or the CDC or whoever they are, these are just people. you got to remember, they're people. They have other interests in mind. They want to make money or whatever it is. They want to, you know, whatever it is. Maybe they're sexual deviants. Maybe they're drug dealers. I don't know. Maybe they're addicted to gambling. And, you know, um, so you just have to remember that they're people. But my thing is, like, what can we do about this? You know, the fear in society is just so rampant. I and mean, right now we're sitting inside a, a Freemason lodge. <laughs> so I'm sure you're, you're familiar with a lot of uh, human behavior. And I'm sure you can kind of see why it's going on. Well, this is something I've been getting into in like the last year, year and a half of my life studying uh, a lot of these um, ideas. So. so right now we're in a position in society where you, you just brought up like 18 different topics. Yeah, 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 yeah be, You know, dragged, you know, not dragged, but expounded upon greatly. <laughs> um, what can be done? I don't think anything can be done except for people to start to use their critical thinking skills. Um, not at, people are so used to, since they are born, being told what to do. We don't realize, uh, most people, one plus one equals two. Most people were told that, so they believed it. 
They never really looked at it as, well, here's one, here's another, now I have two of them. Nobody, that's not a thought people have. And you know what I just learned the other day, thanks to Facebook? Some people don't even have an internal conversation. Yeah. There's no voice in their head, which almost <laughs> blew me away. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I spent three days thinking about how some people don't have the internal dialogue. And I thought, well, when I read, my eyes are reading the words, but I'm speaking them. I read slowly, but the best part about me reading slowly is I remember each thing. Yeah, you comprehend it. You know, it I comprehend better. it. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, not going, I'm not going for the speed reading like they tried to teach me in school. I'm going for the comprehension. What do the words mean? What are they doing? And why are they, you know, why are they doing these things? People today can't even do that. They have lost critical thinking skills. Why does one plus one equal two? Well, it's because you have two things there. It's not because you were told. And when we grow up in society, and, you know, once again, so, you know, you're in a Freemason lodge, but the Boy Scouts and stuff like that, we try to, you know, you try to tell these kids when they ask questions why they're doing stuff, not because it is. You know, you followed me long enough. Yeah, it's like causation. You you need to let people know, yeah. The whole weed, you know, I fought the whole weed war for so long, and, um, you know, one thing I learned with that, the first thing I learned was weed is a big lie. It's not unhealthy for us. It's actually... For some people, it is a necessity for them to be able to function under current society's guidelines. And, you know, that is the first lie when I saw that lie, and then I saw it, you know, uh, work on cancer, I realized there must, that can't be the only one. And all of a sudden it was like, wait a minute. Then I read, I don't know if you've ever read Jack Abramoff's book, but uh, Jack Abramoff wrote a book called Capital Punishment. Jack Abramoff is a lobbyist. He's gone to prison, all sorts of nasty things he did. But the most important thing to remember about what he wrote in his book, that's just a fly, not a bee. Are you allergic to bees? No, I'm good. Okay, good. No, it's uh, just a fly. I wasn't worried. I'm just, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it was is as bad as you think it is, it's worse. <laughs> and when somebody who was one of the biggest despots in government support, and it, he wasn't in government, but he was in government support, so as a lobbyist, as one of these people, for him to say, as bad as you think it is, it's worse, is incredibly frightening. And then you look at the society today where we are, and I, to, to go back to your initial question of what, you know, how do we fix what's happening today? Um, well, it's just the opposite of where we are now. Educate our children. And you know what? It's the same thing with the war on drugs. We never educated them. We just told them, because, don't do these drugs because they're bad for you. Well, what do they do to you that makes them so bad? What do politicians do to us that makes them so bad? Well, we know what they're doing to us. They're keeping us poor. We just got a $2 trillion um, (laughs) payout from the People don't even know how much money that is. They don't even know how many zeros that is. They just say it. Brandon, when we were in school, that number didn't even exist. Yeah, I know. There wasn't even that much money on the planet, let alone in America. Yeah, oh yeah. I think, what was it, up till 1995 or something? Like, we've created more money than ever existed since, like, 2005. Like, since 2005 or something? Crazy, crazy. So now, this $2 trillion that we're going to borrow from the Fed, the Fed isn't a bank, so the Fed goes through and borrows it from a bunch of different banks. And it fulfills its requirement to lend $2 trillion. A lot of people don't understand fractional reserve banking. Fractional reserve banking now allows these banks that are borrowing the money collectively. Now, 
if I if they borrow a million dollars from Wells Fargo, Wells Fargo now gets the right to print ten million dollars. There are no regulations on where that nine million goes. Actually, it's eleven million because it's a ten to one ratio. So they print ten million now, eleven million dollars. That one million goes to the borrower. That ten million, there's no regulations to say where it goes. There's no regulations to say who this is going to pay. So now we've just essentially printed twenty trillion dollars. Yep. And there's nobody regulating where that twenty true. We know where the two trillions going. And that's the red herring. That's the you know. Eh, we'll give them, you know, yeah. he, he, here's your fish, you know, but we're going to get the cake. Yeah. And now they've got a $20 trillion cake, and you know what? I guarantee you, it ain't going to be you and me getting a piece of that. Oh, if we are, it'll be a la, like, getting locked inside a FEMA camp or something. You yeah, know, like, exactly. here's your money, here's your fucking, you yeah. know, it, it, my road, I'm looking out here right now, the road looks paved. You know, it could probably use a little bit of work, but we're supposed to be putting money into that. I look, my police are still working. You know, it, it looks like my infrastructure in America is still doing its job. I have some friends in the military. I ask them almost every day. Keeps happening next to that thing. I ask them every day. <laughs> if we are at risk for going into martial law, would you at least give me like a day's warning? And they tell them, well, we, we, we wouldn't have a day to get Yeah, they won't. Right? Yeah. It's like, we go, they call, we go. And yeah. I'm like, well, that's kind of frightening. But... They say also with that that in order to put us into martial law would take such an act, such a monumental task of uh, what is the word insubordination throughout society. Society would just have to revolt in order for that to happen. Yeah, yeah. I I, I kind of believe you know I I think it's possible at any time, but I feel like what we're going through now. My best instincts, if I had to guess, and I hope it's just not me trying to be optimist because you know I'm not really being optimistic at all about this situation. Everybody says, oh, I can't wait. You know, once this is done, we're going to do this and that. And I'm always the optimistic one, right? And I'm the one who's saying, what do you mean when this is done? Yeah. Do you guys not understand how this works? Have you never opened a history book or, or you know, I don't I don't understand, man. You know, so what I try to tell me. That's hysterical that you said, when did you ever open a history book? Because most people. And even if you do open a government school history book, forget about it. Because not only do the winners right, and we've been winning yeah. – quote unquote winning for so long, you know, they're just going to give you that, that propaganda. But if you look at what, what really has taken place in this, uh, in this world, it's amazing, but not to get too far off on that track. But what I, what I wanted to say was that, um, I guess we're getting back. Oh, I forgot what my whole point, but I wanted to really get back to like kind of solutions. I, I know it's like almost impossible, but what I wanted to say was I've noticed in society, the kind of the thing that I've noticed that I've been talking about, and I wrote about this too, where it seems that so many people in society are kept in a lower mind state they're kept in like their reptilian fight or flight instinct so anytime something happens the only thing they can really do is react they don't have time to stop and be mindful and think of what they're doing they just are able to take cues very well and i know because i was in the marine corps i don't know if i told you this but i spent four years active duty in the marine corps so i know what that training looks like because obviously you could tell i'm a little intelligent um i was probably smarter than most people i mean there are intelligent people there but i figured out what was going on like day one i figured it out and i just stayed in the middle of the pack did what i had to do but I saw them do a real number on some of these people because there were some people that didn't want to break. You know, they were like headstrong and they they broke them all. And to see that happen there on a scale now to see what's going on with society, not only are they broken, but they just I mean, they say jump and people say how high and the ones that don't like me and you, everyone else just yells at us. You know, so it's like, do yeah. we want to do we want to be the ones that everybody yells at and, and rushes? You know what I'm saying? Like. 
it's it's like the uh i don't know it's like we don't want to cast the pearls before the swine like we don't want to be the ones to just get ripped apart by the mob but and i think there's enough of us though you know? oh yeah and i'm just as guilty as these people because i'm about to segregate myself and state who are they to segregate me for having my opinion when my opinion is supported by just as much evidence studies and facts as their opinion yes so now a lot of these people who would like to cast this judgment forget i don't think they're christians because i think they forget that while they are casting judgment upon other people hey listen that gives other people not only the right but it gives them basically the obligation to cast judgment upon you only through the act of god if you do you know Karma, karmic God. Natural law, basically. Yeah, I mean, I, so I'm a Freemason, and, uh, you, you know, we all believe in God as a single entity. My God exists as a conscious creature that is the universe. Our actions influence God. The more of us that act together influence God greater. The more people that do good in society, the better society becomes because of the influence of God. You get a bunch of crappy, shitty people. Uh, sorry to swear, but you get a bunch. No, you could go you ahead. Get a bunch of crappy, shitty people working together, like we have now in politics. They're going to influence God to do shitty work, only because we all influence God. And this isn't a common belief within Freemasons. Some of these guys are hardcore Catholics. Some of them are hardcore Christians. Some of them are hardcore Jews. Mm-hmm. We more or less believe in brotherly love. You know, whatever your beliefs are has nothing to do with the fact that you're still a human on this planet and we're all, you know, we're all in this together. Most most importantly, you and I are in this together. And not only are you and I in this together, but you and I are in this together with the guy that murdered people and he's sitting in prison. We're in it together with him, too. And he's fighting the same battle as you and I are. Forgiveness, all that other stuff, I, I have a big problem with it. I don't think, I mean, I still believe in capital punishment my brothers some of my brothers would argue with me about it um but i firmly believe that if you have if you have lost all respect for other human life you're dangerous and oh yeah quite possibly you may it society may benefit if you weren't here anymore and there's also psychopaths too that don't feel human emotion and right. empathy but they know how to act like they do yeah and unfortunately for good people who experience good healthy loving emotions it's very difficult for them to understand you'll have people argue oh there's a good person in there there's a good person in there and it's like that's because there's a good person in you you're seeing the good in them because you're a good person go out in society and go look at some of the evil that exists out there and you'll start to realize that some of these people there is no good in them at all some of these people are now in politics some of these people now own corporations some of these people are now controlling society. And that's scary. Scarier is all the brats that didn't work their way up. So what was her name? Felicity Huffman? Did she was she the one that just paid for her kid to go through the school? Oh, um, no, the other lady. I forgot. All right, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry to Felicity yeah. for, you know, I didn't mean to, to, I, to I call forget. her out yeah, on that I know one. I think it was about, though. some. But some I think there was a runaround on the end of that job, too. Some of those people got set up where they didn't even know. They thought they were just making a donate. Well, they say that. Who knows? But, yeah, I hear you. No, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> your face. My friend is my, my very you good. never know what to trust. <laughs> my very good friend is a Ph.D. student at Yale Mathematics. Um, everybody, and she tells me, everybody in her department, is Chinese. Most of these people 
are paid for by the Chinese government because through programs that they qualify for that they send them to Yale because it's a very prominent school. So now Yale is collecting money from China for these students to come here. They forgot to disclose it. I don't have a problem with it, first of all. I have a problem with nationalists. Now, if Chinese nationalists come over or whatever, Chinese CIA or whatever, if they come over and start, you know, meddling like they just had this Harvard professor about to ditch town, yeah, we should know about that. But I'd like to think in America, well, here we go. <laughs> We'd all like to think in America we're all being watched and these things, are li our phones are listening to us and they're telling us everything. But I think this this uh, situation with this Harvard this Harvard guy that almost made it out of the country shows us how little our government, how little control our government truly has. Because yeah, they would exactly. have, that guy was high risk, and during this situation, in my opinion, he was one of the top highest. Oh, yeah. And should have been, people like him should have been watched more stringently. And if they didn't catch it till it was too late, you know what? They're not listening to you and me. Yeah, I, I feel well. Th there's two ways you can go with that. One of them is the more the more like Occam's razor thing, where is if there are if they are collecting everyone's data and information, they're probably just storing it. So then later they can go back and screw you over for something you did if they want to. That's one thing. Another thing though that I like to bring up and people uh, always look weird because you never really know if it's true or not. But there also could be the hidden element of Hydra. <laughs> of, of dark yeah, occultists or Satanists cabal. or whatever, or a cabal, <laughs> where I, I feel there might be some evidence where people actually uh, work both sides of the government, you know what I mean? So, Or there might even be an organization that it's it, it makes sense for them to have these countries go to war because what happens when a country goes to war, even if it's on the threat of war, their citizens line up behind the flag, you know what I mean? So it's such a good thing for both sides, and they don't care if their people get killed or die, you know what I mean? Like... Obviously, they don't. Prescott Bush was put. He, Prescott, <laughs> so Prescott Bush was George Bush's grandfather, and he got put on trial for treason, for funding World War II from both sides. He was giving the Nazis money for their experiments. This is all that part of that part of that Operation Paperclip when we went over there to beat the Russians to get all the scientists over here. Mm -hmm. um, so Prescott Bush got put on trial for treason, for funding both sides, not treason, uh, espionage, whatever, one of these words, but he was giving money to both sides of the war so he could get money from both sides of the war. Uh, he was found guilty. I think he sat in jail for a week or something like that, and the president, whoever the president was at the time, whoever it was, exonerated him. They, you know, said, here you go, go free. So that's the first time that we actually did something about it, but yet we didn't do a damn thing. We just let the guy go on. We've been funding both sides of the war and. Brandon, we're in Connecticut. This is a very, being involved in politics, it's a very difficult state to live in, especially if you want to be blue. Uh, if you want to be a Democrat in Connecticut, you must be completely compassionate to the hippies. Uh, <laughs> I'm not using hippie as a derogatory term. I got long hair myself. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you have to be compassionate to the environmentalists, the hippies, the anti-war people. Unfortunately, in Connecticut, what drives our economy is war. Oh, yeah. We make guns here, we make boats here, and we make jet engines here. Those are what we build in, in Connecticut. We used to be the insurance capital. We're not so much anymore. Um, and because we build these submarines two a year, I think what, we just got approved $4.5 billion for the next four years I to build two know. submarines or something like that. Attention. Sounds about right, though. Round um, up. <laughs> you know, because of that, we got all of Norwich, New London, and, uh, ooh. Sorry about that. That's Potent, those potential spam. <laughs> uh, Norwich, New London, and uh, Groton over there. Those three cities 
They thrive upon that money from the electric boat. In Hartford, we have Pratt & Whitney building great airplane engines, and they actually just started building plasma uh, drives, pulse plasma drives. I don't know if you follow those, but that's basically how we get around in space now. Why they need uh, three megawatt pulse drives. <laughs> a little curious, but, you know, maybe we've got space plane. Maybe, we, maybe we're actually doing more in space than we're being led to believe. But then we got Sikorsky making great aircraft. You know, they're making helicopters, uh, Colt, Wilson Firearms. You know, and I, this is just scratching the surface of who in Connecticut supports us. And the war effort, unfortunately, being in Connecticut, without the war effort, we'd be, uh, we would have a lot less commerce. Uh, so that being said, who else do we bring to Connecticut that we can replace that with? Well, we brought Pfizer here, but they, they took off. Uh, we have, uh, Purdue Pharmaceutical. We know what a great, you know, what a, what a valuable asset in society they are. Uh, we used to have Bayer. They, they ditched town. Alexian Pharmaceuticals, don't they ditched town. Um, all these people that ditched town were offered to come here under very, very, expensive incentive packages. Alexian Pharmaceuticals was $25 million. Uh, they didn't fulfill their employment. Uh, they came here, I think they want, they said they were going to come here and hire 200 people. They hired like 180. Uh, Pfizer, they got that beautiful property down in Norwich. They never fulfilled their contract with the state. They borrowed a bunch of money, got tax incentives from the state, never fulfilled their employment uh, uh, obligation to the state. And of course, the state doesn't in any way punish these people. No fines, no, hey, listen, you know, you didn't hire 20 people, and that's some calculator, it's $400,000. So you know what? You owe us $400,000 now because we're going to have to, you know, there's none of that. It's disgusting what happens in the state. Sorry, that goes way off away yeah, I from know. coronavirus. I, that's just public. <laughs> I actually know it does kind of speak to what we're talking about, though, because if people aren't aware of what's going on right in their own state, right under their own noses, what do you think happens at the federal level? You know, we watch these uh, shows like Game of Thrones and uh, like Walking Dead where there's powers, where there's struggles for power, like Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings. I always talk about this to people on my podcast, probably sick of me saying this, but <laughs> we can watch this and we can watch all these backdoor deals happen, but then we're like, oh, that would never happen here. You know, oh, oh yeah, of course they're a little, but they have our, our best interests in mind. You know, it's like, you really believe that in your heart? Like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> the best movie that, 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 that exemplifies exactly what you're stating is the Big Short. I don't know if you've watched this movie. I haven't it, yet, but I got to see it. It has to do with the uh, 2008 fall of the stock market. Um, and I forget, ah, geez, Louise, I forget the gentleman's name that uh, was pretty much in charge. But uh, Steve Carell plays him in the movie, and he's going through the movie. He starts interviewing people, and he's interviewing some of these, you know, some of these shorters and some of these uh, what were they called? Loan uh, mortgage uh, traders. And he starts interviewing, and these people start talking about how, you know, they'll, you know, we'll give you a loan, but then this guy's going to get a piece of that loan, that guy's going to get a piece of that loan, then the next guy's going to get a piece of his loan, and how far it goes back. And Steve Carell sits there, and he's looking at him, he's like, holy crap, i got to get out of here for a second. And he goes and he talks to his people, he's like, this guy just told me about this, that, the other thing. I can't understand why, why, why is he, what did he say? He says, uh, why is, why is he incriminating himself? And his, you know, the, the people he's working with look at me. He's not incriminating himself. He's bragging. And Steve Carell, as a character, looks up and he says, "You've got to be kidding me." He goes down. He sits down with the guy. He says, "You are the biggest piece of shit I've ever met." <laughs> and he just stands up and he says, "Sell anything we have of this guy's." But he basically shows that these guys were blatantly corrupt. 
Oh, yeah. For and sure. it's, you know, and anybody with a brain could see it. It's unfortunate that people with brains traditionally are good people so that they, do, they once again, you see good happenings, so therefore you think everything's good. People who have been introduced to that lie that government tells you oftentimes realize that it's not all good. You know, and I don't know if it's good people that finally see the lie or if it's people that have existed trying to fight that good that finally accept the lie. Like you said, that, that government lie, the societal lie. Here's the other one. This is very strange, and this is a little off, but I'll bring this up. We live in a patriarchal society where men control society. Um, people have been looking for the Ark of the Covenant for years and years and years, you know, since the beginning of time. What amazes me is in the last five years, we've discovered that mitochondrial DNA, which is basically the oldest DNA that's within us, comes from our mother, indicating that it's not a patriarchal society. It's completely a matriarchal society, and... Since the beginning of recorded time, we've been told in the male bloodline, the male, you know, king, 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 king. No, 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 no. The important ones are the females. Yeah. Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to admit to it. But you know what? I'm pretty sure that we're going into a time in society now where we may actually be experiencing a shift. Uh, a lot of people talk about the, the, the mental shift, the star children, you know. Not Loy Pied's star, star child, but, you know, smart kids, you know, with, with extrasensory powers and all sorts of weird stuff. But it's beginning to look like we are actually going into that time where society splits from the ignorant, told society programmed to the awakened, operating, enlightened society. Enlightened is the wrong word because a lot of people consider that to be information. The more you know, the more enlightened you are, and it's like... It depends what kind of knowledge you're talking about. Yeah. Self-knowledge, maybe? Yes. Yeah, I yeah. think that the more you can figure out, yeah. the more enlightened you are. The more aware you are. Yeah, the more you can look at this, you know, and be like, oh, that's wood. Yeah. You know, oh, this windowsill is wood. That, to me, is enlightenment. Instead of sitting there and be like, oh, is that plastic? Is it metal? Oh, what, what is that? I didn't have to be told what it is. I was able to, you know, discern that from my own observations, mm -hmm. which... People, again, back to that one plus one is two. If we're told that and we believe it, it's different than if we actually do the computation for ourselves, which usually happens right around algebra, I think, right? Right mm -hmm. around algebra which is where we start thinking for ourselves. And then geometry where they tell you that, you know, two points that don't exist can be connected by a line. Well, how the hell do you connect two things by a line, two things that don't exist by a line? Well, those two things are infinitesimally small. <laughs> this is Nassim Haramim. But they're so small that they can't be measured, because they keep getting smaller. The more you try, the more you try to measure them, and this is the observation deal, the smaller they get. So therefore, you are connecting these two items with a line. It's just you can't measure them because they're so small. That's so much easier than when I was told in school, you have a point here and a point here. These points don't exist, but we're going to put a line between them. Wait a minute. Hold on. I, as soon as I heard that in high school, I was like, that doesn't make sense to me. Some of the stuff just didn't make sense. And, of course, I don't know how if, if you ever experienced this in high school, but as soon as you ask questions because things don't make sense, it's like, you didn't get it. It's be didn't you learn one plus yeah, one is yeah. two? And it's like, well, yeah, but I did the computation to learn that. I did learn it. I wasn't told. I memorized it. Yeah. You know? I memorized my tables. That's it. They want you to be a good little person to spit out that data. It's it's crazy. They um, want that reaction. Yeah. See, the, yeah. spit out the data is the reaction. It's, it's acting. Acting is the best reaction in the world because you're reading lines. 
somebody gives you a cue line, like you know, for example, say uh, I'm going to ask you, you know, it, it's a beautiful day outside, and your line is, it absolutely is. Well, it's not supposed to be. You think about it's a beautiful day outside. It absolutely is. All you're doing is listening for the it's a beautiful day outside without thinking about it, and your reaction is it absolutely is. And that's what school is doing. It's programming that reptilian reactionary mind and not giving us the ability to think for ourselves, to become independent, critical thinkers, to realize that we're all being lied to. Yeah, exactly. And I kind of I argue that. I mean, it's pretty easily seen that it's put that way on purpose governments set up structures that way on purpose so they do get obedient citizens to follow what they do and then for the ones that don't there's all kinds of other things that they can go into you know there's drugs there's alcohol there's uh sex there's all these other distractions control agents yeah yeah control agents there's and i like to call them like a cul-de-sac before the the gold mine it's like a trap you get caught in these traps you know similar to government or a lot of kind of religions but that's a whole other subject we can get into but um so I feel, though, that people, since they're in this fight-or-flight uh, state of mind, and they're so easily controlled, and they do just snap, too, like what we see, what's going on. Like, people like us, what the hell do we do? You know, I kind of – this is weird, but I feel like I could see the shift coming, and I know I'm not going to like what's on the other side of the shift because I'm someone who loves my freedom. I just want to be able to do what I want to do, leave me alone, I have my rights. You do what you want to do. I do what I want to do, and it's fine. You can believe whatever you want. But that's not where we're headed. We're headed to where, like you said, somebody saw some people on Facebook in a picture, and they're yelling and chastising these people. And more then what people I'm were the yelling at these people than were like, eh, you know, yeah, looks like fun to me. And then people on the other side of this argument are going to start to get mad too, especially if it gets into the realm of politics. Because if you think of like, so if you break it down, say it is like the left or the Democrats are the ones that are more going along with we need to shelter in place and we need to obey these rules. And then if it is the right that isn't, this is just one more thing. And now this is something that people are going to, People on the right are going to value their freedom, and then people on the left are going to say, you're murdering people. So they're going to come, come to blows over this. This is not a good situation. This is like a, um, a, the, a spark. You know what I mean? This could just – and I'm not saying, like, it's going to set off a, a, a civil war, but this could set off a lot of different fights in different – you know. Someone told me a long time ago that in Roman government when they were – when serious decisions about society were being made, they would be brought up in a meeting – discussed then they would be they would have another meeting where they would all get drunk and discuss now when, i don't know where i read this or heard this it may not be true might just be a good idea yeah may, exactly they got drunk and they would discuss these pro these problems and solutions and then you know that would be that and then they would be sober again and have a discussion about not only the, the sober moments but the drunken moments and then they'd have a final discussion to, to determine whether or not this is truly a good idea in society today, again, we go back to the people who, if they are brought up and raised with good in their life forever, and they only see good things happen, and they only know of good people, they have no idea what actually exists within society today. I fear that those are the people that are going to be saying, oh, you're murdering people, you know what, well, you're, you, you know, why should we make the line of this guy, just for example... A uh, gentleman walks in. We have Sliney School across the street over here. Gentleman walks in there. Let's just say he shoots ten, 10 children. Never happened. Would never. I would never want this. This is a tragedy. It would. I would never want this ever to happen. I, I think that this would be the worst case scenario. Gentleman walks over there, shoots ten children. By the time he gets to the eleventh child, a teacher who is armed is able to shoot him and kill him. Nobody 
in, nobody anywhere will talk about this child's rights. Nobody anywhere will say, oh my gosh, he didn't deserve to die. No, everybody will say he, he deserved to die. He choked but that same person doesn't shoot him, detains him, puts him on the ground, stops him, waits for the police to arrive. That child goes to prison now. Two weeks later, all of a sudden, that kid's going to have rights. All of a sudden, people are going to want to be keeping that kid alive. All of a sudden, people are going to say, oh, maybe he can be rehabilitated. I don't know what happens with society's brains where it's okay to murder in self-defense but not in punishment. Now, that being said, Maybe we should be murdering in self-defense a little bit more. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I would hate to see, I would hate to think about all the parents that lost their children having to forgive and not live with the fact that they, you know, they were able to give, be given, quote-unquote, redemption at some capacity. Uh, forgiveness is virtuous, but once again, in society today, I don't think every single person is worthy of virtue, and I don't mean that in a mean way. I just mean that I don't think that a parent should have to suffer if they've lost their child, and the person who took their child's life is still alive. I, 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 I don't think that that's a, I don't think that's the way society should work. I think that, that per the child should be murdered. Not that, you know, you know what I'm saying, that the guilty child should be quote-unquote murdered. That's a horrible thing to say. People will say, oh, oh, you can't do that. You can't just remove people from society. Well, you know what? We've been doing it forever. Um, and movies like Minority Port... Oh, you were mentioning the divide again between society because we got this $20 trillion that's just going to drive that wedge in deeper. Yeah. And I think of movies like uh, Judge Dredd. No, was it Judge Dredd? Where so more importantly, there was the... Uh, Thor, was it Thor Ragnarok where they go onto the... where they're on the planet with... Uh, what's his fate? Oh, crying out loud, I forget. But you had... The Hulk, were, he was fighting in an arena. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yep, yep. You know, and you had the people that were in... Jeff Goldblum? Yes. The actor, he was the... Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, in the, in the movie, which was one of the Avengers... I can't remember the name of the movie, but basically, in the movie, you had all these people that were watching them fight in the arena. Those were all the people that were like, no virus, no virus. You, know, you, you got to get in your house. Don't, you know, you're stupid it's if the you mob. go outside. Yeah, yeah. The people that were fighting against all those people, the people that were working underground, having the meetings and doing all the, you know, the fighting and trying to get out of there, those are us. Those are the people who are awake and capable of realizing that this, whatever this is that we're entering into, is not what we want for our society. We are entering a time where I think that we are exactly where we were for the American Revolution. Uh... A majority of society is not being represented properly by the politicians in office. And if we had tea, we'd be throwing it over the boats. But we don't have tea. We have paved roads. And you can't throw them in the river. You know, we don't have tea, but we have stoplights. You can't throw them in the river. We don't have tea, but we have police. You can try to throw them in the river, but they're going to fight back. You know, we got firemen, and, and if you get rid of the firemen, then your house may burn down. We have EMTs. If you get rid of them, you may die because you can't get a ride to the hospital. You know, all, the, all these things are very, very scary moving forward. It is not a perfect creation. Society, in my opinion, is going backwards. I think that we are 
dancing very, very close to social. I don't want to use socialism, the wrong type of word, because as soon as we were paying, let's get something. You're, we're already socialist country. As soon as we are paying taxes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. as soon as you pay taxes, yes. you are socialist. There's yes. no other way of yes. looking at that. Is what level of socialism are you going to exactly? Live under? We have we have uh, government schools, we have government police, we have everything government, government healthcare. Now the government's basically taking over all the giant corporations because of this virus. We are socialist, guys. Sorry if you're a Trump supporter and you think he's fighting Bernie, but guess what? Yeah. <laughs> we're already there. And that's the other there. thing. All these people. <laughs> Real quick about Bernie. All these people, oh, he's too old, he's too old. Come on, buddy. Freaking Biden's one year younger than the guy. One year, and Biden can't even spit a sentence out that is the same two days in a row. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm a big a Bernie supporter. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not I'm not Democrat, Republican, any of that stuff, but I, I do believe that Bernie Sanders has a lot of the proper views on the way we should be dealing with society today. I understand that none of his bills get voted for, and I understand that he votes for very few bills that go through. And I'll be honest with you, I probably wouldn't vote for many of these bills either because I can read the fluff. I know what's happening. We're being screwed. That being said, I'm pretty sure Joe Biden is. Uh, yeah, they're they're all a bunch of monsters. That's why I'm devil. like. Yeah. That's why I'm a, basically an anarchist. But yeah. when people hear that, they don't exactly know what that means. And really, what and to go what you said, everything about society and how it's really backwards. I argue that we, from our state of mind that we have as a collective, we cannot build another, a better society because we can only create the society that we are creating at the time. So if we want another one, we have to change ourselves in order to get a better society. Like you said, we have to align ourselves with brotherly love, with the golden rule, with natural law. This is a lot of what my work's about. And also to touch on what you said about the death penalty, I don't agree. I agree with what you said. Obviously, I agree in self-defense, too. I don't agree with the death penalty, though, only because in this state of mind where we are now, too many people that are, are innocent have been murdered already. I, so yeah. you can look at that just because of DNA. And then also, if you bring it back to the golden rule or natural law, I, I agree that maybe some people you can argue that have to be taken out of society because they are psychopaths. But I think some people... Um, you know, until you walk a mile in their shoes, I, I think even if they're a mass murderer, you know, I'm not saying that we should just like rehabilitate them, let them go and everything's flower, but uh, flowers and sunshine, but we should at least get to get to know what's wrong with him. And I'll go one step even further. I believe if we had a society that was closer to um, a society w that we're supposed to live, like our creator, if there is a, a God or like I believe that there is a creator and a God, I think th there's a way that this creator that we should live in accordance with the creator to like our line, our behavior with the way the creator is. And I believe in that society, if somebody did something wrong, you wouldn't put them away at all. You wouldn't take them out of that society because what happens is if you look at this in reverse and nobody ever says this. I had this one guy said it and it fucking blew my mind. He goes, by taking criminals out of the society that they're in, you're allowing that society to create these criminals and then have no worry about it at all. They could just raise shitty kids that could grow up to fucking kill people and shoot up a school and then they just get taken away and there's no responsibility in that community. So his argument is you have to keep everybody in that community because then the males in that community will police or whoever it is, the important people will police and work it out. But obviously we're not there yet because we don't have, people are, are, are we're, be, we're basically being raised to be slaves, uh, like uh, slaves or, or um, because you call it socialism when you're taxed. I call it slavery. I'll bring oh, it a yeah, step further. Sleep, you, know what yeah. I mean? I, you probably agree with me, too. Oh, I, I, so one of the things that I fully agree upon, uh, I believe that Abraham Lincoln did not free the slaves. Oh, hell no. I think he monetized slavery. Oh, yeah, he did. I think he broke <laughs> apart the hundreds of banks that were printing their own money. 
and I'm not sure if it was in the, the Federal Reserve, but I think he introduced the federal the dollar. He, yeah. he introduced the greenback. The Federal Reserve was until 1913, but he did introduce the greenback, and then it was that able— was your, That was your national dollar. Yeah, it, yep. And that replaced all of the independent dollars that were being made, and it monetized— it basically created a way to pay slaves. You're not. You're. I say this a lot. The dollar is the new whip. Yeah. You well, know, I say money's the biggest religion in the world. That's really what I say. Oh yeah. I wish I had a dollar bill on you. I mean, right now, I'd show you. Oh like, yeah. yeah. It's right. Right on the back of it. I mean, yeah. People say Freemasons, the whole thing. Sure, Freemasons. It's they misunderstand. It, this is what it is. I'll just say this really quick. So. I've dealt with this a lot. There's there's just symbolism that ex- it yeah. exists. Just like a gun or just like a knife, you can use it to cut a steak or you can use it to slit someone's throat. Right. And this is also why I believe that there are dark occultists because by by their uh, – you just have to look at the symbolism that's out there and it will blow your mind. But anyway, go ahead. I, yeah. Uh, so – Oh, my I bad. I think you just – no, no. I think you just <laughs> covered it. You basically just covered what I was about to say was – in any organizations, even in politics, it is people within the organizations that are oftentimes evil. It is not the organization. It sucks that people comprise an organization. But, for example, Freemasonry. I've been involved in this organization for three years now. While I may be a neophyte, I look heavily, I, I became a Freemason also because I'm kind of curious about the, you know, the, uh, What's the the conspiracy around it? I don't see any of that. You know what? There may be a little bit of nepotism, but you know what? When you when you become really good friends with people and you you know you you interact with them regularly, you learn things about them that you wouldn't learn about somebody you don't encounter, which will always and forever give you a benefit in society. Is it nepotism? Yes. Is it intelligence? Absolutely, because you you're vetted almost. You're, you're encountering these people, so you no longer have to take a chance. You already know what these people are deep down inside. You're part of their personal lives anyway. And that's another thing about Freemasonry is you become a personal friend to anybody within the organization. I can go to anybody's house, sit down, walk in. You know, They're supposed to let you in and the whole thing. You're not going to find that. You know, There is occultists. I don't think that within active Freemasonry there's much of that. Um, I, I do follow magic very deeply. There's, you know, Solomon's Key, the Picatrix, Book of the Dead. There's a very, there's a lot of different uh, magic books out there. None of them really seem to come to Freemasonry. And in my experience, Freemasonry does not, um, does not expound upon the sides of magic. They really are mostly just deeply religious rituals having to do with King Solomon. Uh, or possibly even the Judeo-Christian religion. Moving on from Freemasonry, there's, I meet a lot of nice guys, and there's a lot of guys, you know, you might find guys that are involved in public politics. America was founded by Freemasons. Why was it founded by Freemasons? Because Freemasons used to hang around in pubs, get drunk, and hate on people because society was fucked up. And that's the way it worked. George Washington, all these, most of these guys were just pissed off that their government was screwing them, and most lodges were in taverns. You would have them in the bar, and they would just tile. It's called tiling when you have a meeting, and somebody just guards the door to make sure you... This all comes from when the Pope decided that Christianity was the only religion that should exist. At that point in time, all other religions were considered blasphemy, 
the various other different words you can come up with, heresy, heresy, you know, the whole thing. So they tiled their meetings, which was just to make sure that nobody was going to come along because, you know what, at a time where Christianity is the only thing you're allowed to, Catholicism, whichever one it is, is the only religion you're allowed to the have. The fifth Nazarene sect, really, to be to be precise, because they're really going after the fourth Nazarene sect, but that's Thank like a you. longer story. There we yeah. go. So somebody that knows what they're talking about. <laughs> it's a longer story, though. <laughs> You don't. You have to make sure you protect your beliefs. Yeah. Um, and in quite honestly, we're living in a world today where you would almost have to be a Freemason if you wanted to discuss the fact that the coronavirus is a joke. It's a conspiracy. Why? Because you're going to get yelled at by everybody else. And next thing you know, if this had been 100, 200 years ago, they'd actually hunt you down for having a bad that opinion. And they still might. They still <laughs> well, might. Well, that's what, and that's what I was talking about in China at the beginning of this whole episode where – they were going through people's Google history, and they were going to grab them and pull them out of their house and say, where were you, and all that stuff. And I don't see where um, – now, people might say to you, that sounds crazy, but, yeah, if I told you two weeks ago that they were going to tell everybody to stay home and close every bar and restaurant, and they would, they would tell you you were crazy. Hairdressers? Hairdressers, yeah, all that stuff. And now now you can't have more than 50 people in a grocery store, apparently. No more than five people. You know, what happens if you got six people in your family? You're going to have to bury them, right? Yeah, that, that's that's what I mean, so and uh, so I think that you're right. This is this is like kind of like nine eleven in slow motion. I heard it described, but it's going to be a change in society. And this is one though where I think it's going to be more about division. Where nine eleven was more about bringing everyone together, that brought everyone together. Then we were able to have all these wars. We were able to go to war in Afghanistan and Iraq and all this stuff, and then keep those wars going. But now this is more to me about division. You know, this is like they've been. And I like to say they, and everyone's like, who's they? And I just say, watch the movie They Live, and then they live, and that's all I have to say. Yeah. But uh, but whoever benefits from this, because um, certain people certainly benefit from division in society, but it seems like they're ramping it up more and more than ever. Now with this virus, that's really what I see is the real danger. There's so many different stories, so many angles. Everyone thinks they know what the, the true story is, you know. Yeah, it's but we're looking at like never shaking hands again. People like Trump is like, yeah, we're probably never gonna have to shake hands again. You're like, what? Like, what? Is that a good? You know, like, I don't know. So now is it gonna be a thing? Now you shake hands in defiance, and then when people see you do it, they're gonna call the cops on you. And now that sounds crazy, but there it is. And then you have your federal institution to come get you and throw you on a boat. <laughs> I know it sounds. The crazy, middle class in America right now, average median income, I think, is seventy eight thousand dollars. I think that's what it was twenty nineteen. Middle class. Middle class average median income in America, $78,000. Um, unfortunately, now that we have, you know, 20 trillion, 22 trillion more dollars going through the economy, uh, I have a feeling that that number is not going to change and that the upper 1%, 2% now, I guess, is where we're going with this, are just going to get wealthier and wealthier and wealthier. It's it's clear. Have you ever been to India? No, I have not. Neither have I. I have, <laughs> I have a friend from India, and he tells me that in India there is no middle class. There yep. is the poor and the wealthy. That is it. Yep. Uh, so in America, I, I, I have a theory that our $78,000 middle class medium income is going to become a $78,000 poor person income. Poor people earn $78,000 a year. And the problem with that is there's going to be poor people that are still earning 20 and 30 And they're never, ever, ever going to be able to compete 
with richer, poor people. And it's like, how is it we get to society, in a point in society where one man can have, where, where's Jeff Bezos now, like $650 billion uh, or even, something? Yeah, who knows. Where one man can have all this money, and yet there are still people in society who are going to the food kitchen, and not by a decision of their own. Believe me, I have, it's very difficult to get compassion for people who sit home all day, watch TV, eat, do drugs, and make bad decisions. It's very hard to have compassion for that person. It's very easy to have compassion for the mother of five children who's doing everything she can to get these five kids to school every day, get, these, get their appointments met, get all this stuff done, let alone have a job to be able to afford to pay for these kids. That is of no decision except for the fact that she decided to have sex to begin with, which unfortunately, you know, you can have a long story about abortion and rape and all this other nonsense that's going on in America today. The bottom line is if she's doing the best she can to help her family, she should have a, a better opportunity than the scumbag who's sitting at home playing video games, eating freaking chips, not doing anything. You know, that's where society has failed us. And when we start creating more money and we start locking people up, I think that we are failing society at an exponential rate. Once we locked people up, Brandon, I was beside myself. I'm like you. I've read history books. This is astoundingly frightening. Oh, yeah. Nazi Germany frightening. Yeah. And I try to tell people that, and I get yelled at. They talked about it, and they wrote about it. Like, like That's why I like to talk about dark occultists, because I really believe there are some that want this to happen, and they do want it to be like India, in my opinion. They kind of want the whole world to meet in the middle between the third world and the first world, but just also people like us, we're going to be the you know the peons, the ones that have to get all our injections, or else we're not going to be get on a plane. Um, the social credit scoring system, that's another thing that's really uh, scary. I read about that. The middle class is not going to exist. The middle yeah, class is the biggest threat to the wealthy. Yeah. A guy like Jeff Bezos, he didn't come from the bottom. He wasn't poor. He came from the middle class. You know, musicians that end up being extremely wealthy. They don't come from the wealthy. They come from the middle class. So if you're the wealthy and you want to protect your wealth and your family's wealth, you get rid of the middle class because they are the biggest threat. And we start going back to, to, to totalitarianism. Yeah, totalitarianism. Well, that's, I argue, we're basically there now. We just have a, a running di- dictator that changes every eight years. But and it, even then, even it then goes the same. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. We get the same policy. We have Obama's policies right now. Everyone that's a Trump supporter, yo, he's spending more money than uh, Obama ever did in his wildest dreams. He dropped more bombs on Afghanistan than Obama did, who, who's supposed to be the peace candidate. You know, we can sit here and talk about this all day. But yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying. But again, I just like to say, I have to go back to really what it is. You can like pull your hair out all day and go crazy and worry about it. But at the end of the day, the only thing you do is work on yourself and make yourself a better person because then you could become an influence to people around you. And that's how it gets done. This word of mouth stuff. Like you said, the people in the taverns, they were, they were the ones that had to keep this stuff and talk about it. They were the sensible people. Um, and then they had to stand up and do something. I always advocate, I always say we don't even have to do a, a revolution. Like I know it sounds crazy, but my thing is, listen, if we, most of us woke up and figured it the hell out and were able to free our fellow man's minds man and women, their minds, and let them know, then we could just turn away from the system. We could just leave all those people behind, and they would ha- they, there's nothing they can do. You know, like, the emperor has no clothes. If everyone just walked away and stopped listening, what are they going to do? Right. 
You know what I mean? And that's the true secret. That's what they're really afraid of. That's why they're so afraid of ideas and they're so afraid of uh, because they catch fire. And in my opinion, that's why they have so many. That's why there are so many little traps set up. You know, a, a really good example of this trap is like after George W. Bush invaded Iraq toward, you know, toward the end of his uh, presidency when it wasn't going so well and everybody wanted to get out of Iraq and Afghanistan. Everyone, you know, the country was sick of it. They voted for Obama. So Obama comes along. He's like, yes, we're going to get out of here. I'm a constitutional lawyer. You know, I, I know all about war. We shouldn't be there. I'm going to end these wars. He goes in and he doesn't end the war. But all the people, most of them who were anti-war, who were his supporters, fell right in line behind him. So he just hijacked that whole movement. And now you get people that are, and what happens is, uh, in my opinion, like, so people will attack Obama. Same thing that's happened in Trump now. People will say, well, why didn't you get out? But then there's all these other people attacking Obama saying, oh, he's black, or oh, he doesn't have his birth certificate, or oh, this. So then the Obama supporters hear me say, well, why is he at war? And all they hear is, oh, he's black, or he doesn't have it. They hear all that, so then they just get defensive against me. It's same thing with Trump supporters. There's all this crazy bullshit against Trump where, guess what? If you wanted to impeach him tomorrow, I'll give you some things. There's definitely impeachable offenses that he's done, all presidents have. But they both, they, oh, both sides do it, so they don't, they don't, right. um, you know, talk. But I think we're getting, we're right about at an hour, so I think we should start to wrap it up. But I'm gonna, what are your, I'll give you the last word. Like, what are your final thoughts on this whole thing? Uh, oh man, you just send so much awesome stuff because I that I want. So uh, we can talk for a while. We can even podcast after this one. But I just wanna. <laughs> what you just said about, uh, you know, going to Afghanistan and Iraq and dropping bombs and everything with. Uh, Obama. Trump. Oh, uh, Trump. So earlier you mentioned that you know you you you're an occultist. You follow the occult, and, and so. <coughs> well, I would say I'm. This is what I would say. I'm like a researcher okay. of the occult. So, so because to me, occult just means hidden. It's a right. hidden knowledge. It's like hidden psychology. So in yeah. Nazi Germany, there was a wonderful woman, uh, Helena Blavatsky. Blavatsky. Yes. So she was the one who coined the Aryan race and who actually first wrote that through theo the theology theosophy theosophy she actually so so the uh helena lobatsky uh did i say that right lobatsky she created theosophy but yes. what happened is i feel in my in my what i've looked into and what i've seen it looks like she wasn't actually part of it it kind of got co-opted after her so and i then think she i think she adopted most of her philosophy yes for theosophy from india from yes. a trip to okay. India, because yep. uh, she talks about Earth rounds and how the Earth has uh, existed many times, you know, nine different times within nine different realms, all mm -hmm. this other stuff, which she starts talking about the Toltecs and the Levitica, Levitic Leviticans and uh, the Atlanteans and, yes, the which Aryans, really the which Aryan. landed in the Aryans Mountains and the White Ray. So besides that, besides Helena Blavatsky mentioning all this stuff, uh, one of the things that is discussed is Nazi Germany was searching occult sites. Yes. In search of things. One of the things that I am firmly in belief of, belief of through the things that I've read is that there are stargates. Uh, just like you saw with Richard Dean Anderson. Um, and there's language about how you have to slather yourself in an oil before stepping through the car stargates. There's language in the uh, Piscatrix about how the stargates have to be, how the, star, how the planets have to be aligned perfectly for the stargates to work. All sorts of different things indicating that these things might be in existence. If a stargate does exist, it could be considered a weapon of mass destruction. It is widely documented that there was a stargate in the Temple of Ur. Saddam Hussein restored the Temple of Ur. 
Now, I don't know much of anything, <laughs> but I do know when you put that much money into one of your state's historical sites, it's usually for a reason. I, I believe we also know our CIA operates in many different fun ways. Uh, we learned this from the movie where uh, the plane, they got people together. What was that? Not Fargo or whatever. The movie, I forget that movie. Air America? No, uh, it was doing the uh, the Iran. Um, oh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. The, um, so they put a bunch of movie stars together or whatever. They were going to film a movie, and that's how they got them. I yeah, forget the yes, name of the yep. Movie. But anyways. The movie with Ben Affleck. Yes. So I think, in my opinion, that when we went to war with Iraq, Saddam Hussein was rebuilding the Temple of Ur to restore the Stargate. I think we went in there and we took the Stargate. Now, how the heck do you go somewhere and take something like that? Well, you create a movie about it, and you say you're transporting the set. <laughs> and I don't mean S-E-P-T or S-E-C-T or s the freaking God set. I mean the set, the thing they <laughs> the built. The movie set, yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. they didn't bring it there. They just brought it home. So if why do you have to bring a set home? Well, because it's not a set. It's the Stargate. Uh, I also believe that there was, uh, uh, so who was the, there was a famous Greek before the Greeks, uh, he wrote, he had a map, Herodotus, 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 maybe, her yeah, I think Herodotus, I yeah, Herodotus, so Herodotus had a map of Antarctica's coastline with no ice, how did he get this map, and more importantly, why is there a Stargate on this map, you know, and why is it that Operation High Jump took place where the Americans went down to Antarctica and had a very, very secret mission against the Nazis where they traveled deep into the ice. Well, because they found another Stargate. Going on and on and on. This is the, you know, the occult stuff is very exciting to me because of the Nazis. They were hunting for it. And, you know, in the north end of the Grand Canyon, we have all sorts of our own fun little places. You know, we have Tower of uh, Set, uh, Tower of Isis, and there's a couple of different temples and stuff like that in the north of the Grand Canyon that nobody talks about. Or the obelisk that's in Central Park that no one talks about. That's oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there you go. It, that's it, from Egypt. There's all sorts of weird... That's yeah. how I told I told people one time, I said, uh, I was like, you know how you know how I know that we're the bad guys? I go, because there's a, an Egyptian obelisk in Central Park. I go, if we were the good guys, it'd be back in Egypt. <laughs> so in... A, you know what I mean. Though. Unfortunately, when Lincoln created money and monetized slavery, the unfortunate thing was he created a god. Oh, yeah. And yeah. we all, whether we like it or not, are worshiping that god. I mean, I, listen, I, without that god, I didn't get here. Well, yeah. I don't think you need to worship it, though. That's the thing. I don't think people like us worship it. We use it to get along in life, but we don't make it our whole goal to just get money. I mean, maybe you do, but Hold I'm saying— Hold on a second. Go ahead. Take out that word money, and ju you just explained religion and how people use religion. Some people don't use it to get through every day, and some people use it as their foundation yeah. oh, I like to that. exist you blew every my mind. day, you know? Yeah. I mean, you think about—some people use that—I mean, one of our members here, he's a uh, financial— um, advisor over in Guilford. Money, and I've, I've t discussed this with him, money is absolutely his God. And he's a Christian. He's a very devout Christian. He believes in God. He's, you know does the good work of God. But at the end of the day, without the money, he, create, he has anxiety without money. Mm -hmm. And that in itself is a prayer. 
you know, I don't have money, so and I, I don't. That's know, what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't have that anxiety <laughs> because you know it's like I don't. I don't have a job yeah, right now, so like, I'm, yeah, I'm like looking at moving back into my parents. That's for the a blood while, from so. the stone, you know. Yeah. It's like you're not gonna squeeze blood from it, so you know I don't. I, I'm not worried about it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's yeah, I hear you, man. Um, yeah, that's an interesting concept. I gotta dig into that a little deeper. I like that. I, I like that because you're right. We all do use it, and we are complicit, and it's part of what I said. How we are creating this reality. So I I have a feeling that we're kind of all being tricked into just creating the United States of America and playing along, you know, like it's really what's going on. And if you watch these politicians talk to me, they're like wizards, the way they move their hands when they talk and they point to things and people are just mesmerized. And I'm there looking at them like, who talks like that? You know, like, 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 you can't really see it now, but mudras. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Look up mudras. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, yeah, exactly. And positioning is very, very important for, and if some of them don't even know what they're doing, I bet. They no. were just taught these things. Or you they know? weren't even taught it. They're accessing it. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So a lot of these public speakers, it's like, I, I liken this to sports. You access the Akashic Records. Are you familiar with the Akashic yep. Records? Mm-hmm. The knowledge of everything that is, was, and will be. Um, and it's so profound that the knowledge within the Akashic Records has the knowledge of this conversation happening and the words we're saying. Athletes, I liken this because they don't do drugs, so they have an interesting connection. In this country? Athlete. (laughs) 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 And not even right now. We don't even have athletes anymore, (laughs) I know. But athletes have an interesting – a lot of athletes will tell you that while they're playing, they get into the zone Mm -hmm. where they can feel like they're watching themselves play through the eyes of the crowd. Well, motherfucker, you just accessed God. That's all you're doing. Yep. You've just found the gateway to God because God is looking through all those eyes. And it's not intuition. has nothing to do but with yourself. And you've just lost every reaction. Everything is gone. All your training, everything is gone, and all you are is an existence. You're just existing now. And because of your existence, God, and your, and your lack of intent, God helps you by giving you this gift. Early, early, early Freemasonry used to uh, discuss the cabal, and uh, I don't mean the the Kabbalah. Thank you. The book, the, or the, tree, the, the tree of life. The tree of life. Yep, the Kabbalah tree of the Kabbalah. So tree of life, yeah. the tree of life is the Sephirat. It's called many different things, but basically you have different stages that you grow up through. Uh, you start down here in the land of the uh, profane, which are, if you're profane means you don't believe in God. Uh, a God, the God, doesn't matter. You just don't believe in anything other than yourself. And you see this with ignorant people. Uh, you see people in society that are that ignorant. They aren't self-aware. They say things, and you it's like you, you know you just said that, and you didn't want to say that. And you want to tell them, listen, are you looking at yourself? And they realize, oh, no, I'm not. Those are profane people. They have no idea. And then, you know, you grow, you go up that ladder slowly until at the very tip top is the kefir, the... Uh, in the top is the Ein Sofer, the knowledge of it all, um, the Kefir, Christ consciousness, the Godhead. Um, and each step is a different divine step. It's a different knowledge of yourself. Uh, if I do Like go- an epiphany also, too, sometimes. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, some people jump steps by dying. You know, you get the near-death experience. Holy crap, now I better do better in life because karma's going to, you know, you see. It's been gifted to you. Most people don't even want to have anything to do with it. They're on the checkerboard, if that, yeah, on the it, floor. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're, 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 they don't even want to realize that. Yeah. Listen, if I start doing good for you, if I come visit you in the hospital, if I come bring you food and do well for you, 
all of a sudden good things are going to start happening to them. Most people can't even, they don't understand that. And worse, the worst part about that is when it happens, they aren't smart enough to identify it. They can't read those signs. They're coincidence theorists. That's what I call them. <laughs> yeah. That don't, oh, the, you That's know, a coincidence. Yeah, I woke up this morning, and all of a sudden my back doesn't hurt. Why? It can't be because I helped Brandon yesterday. I had nothing to do with Brandon. <laughs> My back feels great. And and you can great even look at that just like on a personal term where if you're doing what you're supposed to do and you feel good, it's going to resonate in your whole body. It's like a cat who purrs. You know, that purring heals them. So it's a whole healing thing that's going to – you don't even understand the effect that it's going to have around you. People are going to see it, their cues, your body language, and they're just going to treat you different because you feel better. These are things that people don't even talk about. This is what we should learn in school, and we don't. We don't know any of this, but that's no, great. that you programmed come, out of it. Exactly. It's great that you can come to a place like this, a, a lodge, and find well, other people that they, – They're not – they don't teach that here. Oh, no, no, no. That's all That's all esoteric uh, teachings way back when. Now what we learn is just basically brotherly love. Oh, really? They don't talk about esoteric at no, all? No. Really? Oh, there are some, there there are are some, some lodges right? that do, yeah. but ours, this, this lodge, it's, it, they're few and far between because – well, it could be co-opted so It's going to start coming back. Yeah, I think it is. I really feel it's going to come back because we're losing religion in America. And that doesn't mean that people don't believe in God. That means that people lost faith in religion. They lost faith in that control structure. Because that's what it is. Yeah, oh yeah. Just you know, like government. We, can, we come here and you know what? I'm just as important. We have something called the Worshipful Master. So every year you get a new Worshipful Master. He's the guy in charge of the lodge. Basically what it, it's designed to do is teach you responsibility, teach you how to deal with a lodge, so that when, you know, in life, if you come, if you have to deal with, you know, these personalities, these people who are controlling a lodge or taking care of, you know, bills and stuff, it's basically like the CEO, you'll be prepared, you know, and that's, religion was to prepare you, education took the place of religion in the fact that it was supposed to prepare you, and here we try to prepare people to go out in the real world, but more or less nowadays they use Making good men better. Yeah. You know, so if you have a desire to better, kind of like AA. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The only thing is we let you drink. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I like to drink, so, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. This, this organization works pretty good for me. <laughs> but I find a lot of good guys, and I get a lot of good education. Um, we have, uh, So I'm a uh, 32nd degree Scottish Rite Master Mason, so the degrees within the Scottish Rite are just basically religious stories. You know, you have stories about how David went to go to god and ask him for permission to start his kingdom and god told him okay well here's two gifts you can start your king you have most you know start your kingdom strength and enlightenment here's two gifts you know stuff like this there's no dead babies or no goat yeah yeah, no yeah. Blood that, that all came that's from history because I, the freemasonry was co-opted but years years ago but it was a much different entity at that time and it's actually a really sad story what happened in German Freemasonry, because the only reason the Nazis were a were able to rise was because they had to get rid of all the Freemasons that existed mm -hmm. and all those people, and that's kind of why I feel like that might be happening now because all the smart people are speaking up. Yeah, well, the Freemasons were considered as bad as Jews. I mean, they were locked up also. Yeah, in well, Nazi and Germany. what happened before that to co-opt it to make it to where it was to to create the exist the conditions to allow World War II to happen in Germany was a whole other story, and that's really, you know, they, well, I have the light, a, Night of the Long Knives. Did you I ever hear about a, that? No. That's a night where, uh, so you, you should go back and look it up, but I don't really, because I've, you know, there's so much freaking history going around in my head, but the gist of it from what I remember of this story, I know much more history better, but is that they had, so there was Hitler and the Nazi party, 
and he had it, it might have been the Freemasons or it probably was like the group of the people, but they got them together basically, and they got them to agree to a lot of things, and they were they were backing them. And then when all those people stood up to rise up against the government that they had in Germany, that's when they wiped all them out. And then mm. whoever was left were the Nazis, and then they just kind of. Nice. took power yeah, yeah that's what i mean so you have to be so vigilant because mao did the same thing mao de zong in china yeah. he gave like a couple months or whatever where you can come you can criticize the government it's fine nothing will you'll be, and then when that time was over they went and locked all those people grabbed them killed them you know about pol pot too yeah and, oh yeah that's thing. what i'm saying so these despots that's why i feel like um i love that word i call yeah. it i love calling cretins and despots, yeah, despots. <laughs> not that donald trump i mean yeah he probably is but you know yeah. if you make those conditions right who's the next guy going to be and if we're already talking about psycho paths you're just creating conditions for a psychopath to come in and, and uh and take control we already have the giant war machine i mean uh, what else would they want you know this is very very frightening times we're upon brandon very yeah. frightening times but it's i think if we rely on our, our ourselves and our fellow man that's the best way through and you know we really have to though that's what we really have to do we have to stick together in these times because uh i was so confident when they said two weeks i was like ah, two weeks will be over i I hate spreading fake news, so I'm going to say that, that this is probably said tongue-in-cheek. But I read this morning that we might be facing this till August, and it's not even April yet. Well, yeah, there's so many different stories that are going around. The worst one I heard, not the worst, but one of them I heard, I say the worst because a lot of different journalists are saying it, and some politicians are saying 18 months. Like, this was something that was getting... But the person who wrote that it should be 18 months just put out a report... Because he thought that 500,000 people were going to die in the U.K. Now he changed it to only 20,000 people are going to die. Yeah, so I'm sorry. Yeah, this guy's just we another don't smart need person. So he's saying this, but no one's listening to him. So that's another yeah. thing. I'm, I'll put a links to all this stuff if you're listening to this podcast. I'll put links to all those below so you can check those out for yourself. Um, but the the news changes so uh, fast day to day. I mean, by the time I get this up, you know, who knows? Yeah. Might, something else might. And I, you know, I'll, I'm about I'll, I'm about to make a lot of enemies with this statement. But uh, one thing I have discovered is that the more intelligence that we credit these people for having, the less intelligent they truly are. Um, when I watch the news, and I, s- you can usually pick out extremely intelligent people. They use big words. Um, they speak very clearly and concisely like they're reading from a book and they say things that sound disingenuous because they're just reading, they're, they're that one plus one group. These people that we credit with being the most intelligent people in society and the experts, I don't think that they're that smart. I think that they're really good at regurgitating what they've been told, which is absolutely what you do not want in situations like this. We want free thinkers. We want (coughs) objective people reviewing the information, not like this guy that says, oh, there might be 500... You know what? Well, he was the right earth, in that originally. The earth might yeah, end tomorrow, know. you know, but you know, Christmas might... Well, no, it's definitely coming. Yeah, There's yeah. no <laughs> doubt. Christmas is definitely coming. But not for another bunch of months, man. We know, Why are we worried about Christmas now? You going Christmas shopping tomorrow? <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, come on. Can we all just get a get a little brain about us? You know, I, there's a park right across the street from where we are right now, and there's people out there having a good time. They got their dog, their kid. They're doing stuff. That's the stuff we should see happening. Yeah. Not I, people I, I locked think, in their yeah. homes, hiding. Yeah. Fr- when this first happened, I said, oh, my gosh, we're getting the alien invasion is happening. You know why? Because they don't want you seeing it. They're going to lock everybody up so you can't see the aliens invading. 
Then I realized how much nonsense that was. And then I found, then then I discovered the $2 trillion bail. Yeah, you're like, oh, that's now the real I, Yeah, now we know right? what's yeah. happening. Exactly. This is worth that much money. I think what you said before was exactly right. The people who are up there making these decisions and talking, they're also the same ones who are profiting and benefiting from all this. So, you know, it's like you have to wake up. You have to listen to these reasonable people. There are them out there. They might not be, they might not be trumpeted by the news, but you have to also ask yourself, who's paying for the news? Like, people still watch the news. It blows my mind. I stopped watching the news in, like, 2005. Like, I'll turn yeah. it on to see something. Yeah. But, I'll, I, you know, especially now with the Internet, are you crazy? You could just put on Twitter and you could watch it happen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever's happening, someone's there with the phone. But um, yeah, I guess we could just wrap it up here, though. That was a great talk, though. I mean, we I, I had know, a great time. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I'm really glad I did this. Glad I got out of my uh, quarantine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, allegedly, right? just kidding, guys. We're doing this over Skype. We didn't really risk meeting face to face. We would want to kill humanity. But um, yeah. So where could people find you if they want to? Uh, uh right on Facebook, Colin, Colin Sowney. Right on Facebook. My email address is Colin Sowney at gmail.com if you want to uh, reach out. That's about all I have. C-O-L-I-N-S-O-U-N-E-Y I would like to say that uh, there's never been a better time to invest in the stock market than right now. Uh, for anybody listening that isn't that doesn't involve themselves with the stock market or would like to know more, the key is to sell high and buy low. And that means when the stock market crashes, you spend all your money and buy stuff. And then when we have news like we did six weeks ago and they say, oh, it's never been higher, it's never been higher, that's your cue to sell, sell, sell. Exactly. And that's exactly. That I'd love and to leave like everybody with that. We don't like to give any advice. That's just, uh, that's just friendly advice. Obviously, that's not you know financial advice. No, We're no. just all... It's for entertainment purposes only. I always say buy gold and silver, and if you're going to do that, I would buy it right now because yeah. it's so low in the dollar, guys. They're printing new dollars every day. You know what that means. I mean, just open up a history book. There's I, a meme that's like it says it goes like to fix this. Every smart person – or it says anyone ever who's opened a history book, and they're saying, please, for the love of sweet baby Jesus, don't print more money. And then it shows the government – Printing money, more money, yeah. Burr, yeah. <laughs> I, $20 trillion is, according to fractional reserve banking, that's what we're going to be able to dump into the economy right now after this $2 trillion uh, loan. I can't understand how that didn't just destroy the value of the dollar. Well, it ha we haven't seen it yet. That's the thing. And, and also the way it works, the way they hide it, up until now it hasn't worked, but we don't know. We're going to start seeing a lot of this stuff. That's really why, I mean, the, the stock market, that's another whole other subject. They've been pumping it up forever. I was just going to say, when this first happened, didn't they put like $500 billion into the, like, didn't they dump $500 yeah, billion into the stock market? That. It they helped got, it for one day? And it didn't, that's the thing. It Right before it crashed on that Sunday, I think they put um, between like QE, quantitative easing, and whatever else they do, it was like close to almost a trillion, I think, that they oh, dumped Jesus in or like seven or whatever. Wow. And then the next day it crashed. So that's what I mean. Yeah, exactly. Now we yeah. have the stimulus, so. Yeah, buy gold, everybody, or whatever. Buy something. Yeah. Not paper dollars, they're not going to be... Ugh. Buy toilet paper. Yeah, buy... There you go. <laughs> Use your you're going to be using your dollars for fucking wipe your ass. Uh, All right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening no again to the Brand of Bonanza. Uh, if you'd like to support this show, you can go to comedylol.com. Check out the uh, Amazon link if it still works. I got an email saying I got to like, update or whatever. But, or you could just send me money right through PayPal. No one's really taking me up on that yet, but I keep saying it anyway. Maybe one day they will. Uh, you send me money, too. Yeah, right. or you could send Colin money. Great. You know what we're going to do with it. All right, Avery, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you later. buying drugs. Yeah.
Comedy, LOL, Podcast Network.